Hi, my name is Jeff Pagano and welcome to the Harpen and Rugby podcast, the Leinster and Ireland fan site in audio form. Well, before we turn our attention back to the Leinster men's URC and European campaigns, I wanted to learn more on how the Irish women's squad is set ahead of their own Six Nations, which kicks off this weekend. And I couldn't have picked a better guest than the owner of the great Twitter account, at Irish Women's. She lays out the implications of the IRFU report on the aftermath of the World Cup qualifiers before telling us what players to look out for over the coming weeks, as well as what to expect from the tournament itself. So without any further ado, here's how we got on. Now it's time for our back and forward chat and joining me this week to look ahead to the 2022 TikTok Women's Six Nations Championship is someone making their fourth appearance. It's the owner of that great Twitter account at Irish Women's. Welcome to the pods. Thanks for having me again, Jeff. No problem. Great to have you back on. I understand you recently passed a big milestone hitting 5,000 followers. Congratulations. Yeah, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. We're, we're going for what 12 months now and we've yeah very quickly hit 5,000. It's amazing and I think it's just a sign of the, the interest in women's rugby these days. Absolutely. You did a hell of a lot quicker than I did it, I can tell you. Uh, <laughs> it's brilliant. No, listen, uh, no, it's good to have you on because it's... Um, as, as people probably know that the, the Six Nations has moved uh, for the women to uh, be in its own part of the calendar. Um, but listen, last time we had John was October 2021. And um, like I said, this is your fourth appearance. We talked before about all the different things that have been happening in the game in the past year or so. And uh, since we last spoke, there's been a, like a full season of the AIL, a couple of internationals last November. But a lot of the news has also happened off the pitch with changes at many levels of the women's game, plus this infamous report by the IRFU. I mean, mm-hmm. you almost think where do we begin but I suppose probably the best <laughs> just get that report out of the way anyway and uh, maybe talk about what happened there um it was quite an in, in incidental couple of days there wasn't it um there was a resignation the day before the report came out and then we had the thing itself what, what did you make of all of that um well I think I think we should go back to the start when the report was announced or the review was announced um I think to say the least I think the RFU went about it the wrong way um from the very start from the get-go they commissioned this report and for anything to be effective, for things to change, for people to be held accountable, it has to be transparent. It has to be all out there. And, you know, people have to be able to criticise what needs to be criticised. Um, at a later point when Philip Brown announced that it wouldn't be published um, and for good reason it was criticised and at that point the IRFU backtracked and said no it would, would be published um, the report had already begun at that stage and there were a lot of people who were interviewed and had input into the report that had the understanding that it wouldn't be published and that their names would be kept uh, under lock and key and that they could say anything they like and they could speak freely change that midway through the process and say, actually, we're going to republish everything. That's deeply unfair. And I think it would dissolve a lot of trust that was there from both players and staff within the RFU and any contributors. Um, so then they rolled back again and said that it wouldn't be published. I think that was, in the end, it was the right thing to do, but because of the earlier mistakes that had been made. Um, I think going forward, any review has to be transparent, but Let's let's see what happens in the future. Um, in terms of findings of the report, I think a lot of people kind of made a point um, that findings and the recommendations all seem to be really basic. Um, there's a lot of them. There's thirty odd. Um, but what we're asking for is, or what the the RFU are being asked to do and are committing to do, should be there already. Um, it shouldn't have to go through the process of the international side essentially hitting rock bottom. Um, the 
interprose being embarrassed by what went on in terms of the dressing room saga, um, all of this negative press, um, Anthony Eddy coming out and sticking his foot in his mouth, you know, all of this shouldn't have to happen for the basics to be put in place. Um, the, that, that should be a bare minimum. That should be the starting point. Unfortunately, it's not. Unfortunately, we've had to go through all this process. We've had to go through embarrassments and grief and, you know, players being put through, um, you know, at times a lot of grief, um, being blamed for things by by a lot of outspoken people um, to get to the point of the basics being put in place. And the basics there are just the basics of respect as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm glad to see it's happened. I'm glad to see the those recommendations have been made and that the RFU has committed to, to meeting those. Um, I'd like to see it done. I'd like to see what the action plan is to get it done. I would like to see continual small reviews to ensure it is being done. Um, but I suppose we have to watch and wait. We have to see what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, the, the thing I thought about the whole thing was that there was there was there were a lot of announcements over the past over the past while and there and there was there was positive announcements there was like tv coverage of uh, club mm-hmm. rugby there was um, there was this there's all different things that were changing um but they always seem to be one-off things it, 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 there was no there didn't seem to be a sense of like well this is the way it's going to be from now on it was just mm-hmm. like well look we're showing this game on saturday and you know, isn't that a good thing? Which it, which it would, which it was. I mean, you want the more coverage of the game, the better. But like you say, it's the structures of the game that they need to tackle, and it needs a long term view. To um, uh, you know, and they 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 have time now until the next World Cup to put structures in place to to make our qualification uh, give us a better chance for the next time. But. Um, but like you say, there, there has been a good bit of rugby over the last year. But before we get to that, um, talk a bit about um, the, the, the change at the top in Irish women's. What we, one of the things we talked about before when you were on is that, you know, you can say things about the individual himself. Um, Anthony Eddy, who was in charge of the women's game, but a lot of it was to do with the fact that he had a double remus in that he mm-hmm. not only he did the women's, the 15s and the 7s, but he also had the men's 7s. He had a lot in his place. Um, mm-hmm. What I mean, how has that changed and, and what, what, how's that going to work going forward? Um, well, I think you've touched on a really important point there that he had a double job. And I think, um, you know, I was one of his strongest critics um, before he stepped down, but I do have a very strong level of sympathy for him. I can't imagine going into a role where you're told your commitments lie here, here and here. Um, you have to deliver on everything. You'd be able to focus on something, on one squad, one team. He really had three teams um, that he had to manage. He had the women's international 15s and then he had the women's international and men's international 7s. I mean, I couldn't understand um, the him having three teams, any teams, but just those, those three particular teams could literally be playing in three different time zones on the same weekend. I yeah. mean, that, that, that's conceivably possible. How can one person be in charge of that? He was spread far too thin from the start. Um, I think a point that should be noted as well is that Anthony Eddy had limited, if any, experience with women's teams coming into his role. And I think that as you know, the head of women's rugby is just, I think it's sacrilege. You need somebody who understands the game. You need uh, people who understand the structures of the game, the competitions they play in, the challenges that the women's teams have faced um, up until now, um, the how to resolve the challenges going forward. And somebody who has 
built a rapport with people across the country in terms of the volunteers, the clubs, the coaches and the players. Um, I don't think he had that coming in. So I think that kind of hamstrung him even a little bit more. Um, so I think that is obviously one of the things that's going to change going forward. There is going to be roles created. There's going to be a, you know, a more focused um uh, I suppose we're going to focus more on the women's game and structure the women's game around just the women's game alone. That's what I'm hoping for anyway. Um, and I think, you know, we're, we're going to see that change. It's going to be slow coming. Those rooms to be filled. Um, but I think going forward, I'm very hopeful. Um, and I, I, you know, we all say that we're realists. We all like to believe we're realists. I believe I'm definitely a pessimist. But I definitely have a lot of hope when it comes to this team. And, you know, I'm hearing kind of things um, that are really positive coming out of camp and a lot of positives from AIL clubs, a lot of positives from players who are involved. And I'm seeing a lot of positives just in terms of, um, I suppose, the how this season is finishing with the AIL, the, the League Cup, for example. Um, yeah, I think I'm getting kind of excited about what changes to come. And I think I think what we're going to see is a lot of change. I don't think it's going to be very slow change, but I think we're going to see it quite quickly, certainly in terms of the approach and the culture is going to be great. Yeah, and in terms of um, how important would it be to find a new replacement for Anthony Eddie soon? Like, I mean, we're 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 getting to the start of this Six Nations now, and um, you know, I mean, is there is there a plan to replace him with a new role, or what what way is that going to go? I'm not too sure, to be honest. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how, in terms of timelines, that they're going to plan it. I think they need to be careful about who they uh, put into that role. I don't think it should be rushed. Like we said, they've made mistakes in the past. I think they need to find the right person for the job, the person who has uh, the experience, the capacity to really drive it forward. Can't make another mistake with that particular role. That role is going to be absolutely crucial um, in determining the future of women's rugby in this country, not just at an international level, but right down through the AIL and domestic leagues. I think, you know, what's going to happen, what needs to happen within the IRFU from the top down and across the provinces needs to be a cultural shift. So whoever takes that top role needs to be somebody who understands that, who um, has a plan in terms of changing the culture um, and who really understands where we're at and how to get where we need to go. Um, So, yeah, it can't be rushed into we need to be patient about who goes into that role. Um, I think for now, in terms of the international 15 side, I think um, we already have changed there. We've got Greg McWilliams who's come in um, and I'm hearing fantastic things about him so far. Um, I know he's been involved in the women's team back in uh, 2013, for example. He was involved in the World Cup then. So, you know, he's got a lot of experience with women's rugby, with women's international side. He's got Neve Briggs alongside him and who better? Um, you know, former captain of the Irish team, somebody incredibly respected, somebody who's doing a lot of coaching herself uh, down with UL Bowes, understands the leagues, understands the game. You know, I, I, th- I think while that top dog role isn't going to be filled anytime soon, I think that we still have a lot of positives going forward. And I think for now, it's definitely in safe hands. Um so, yeah, I, I'm very positive about what, what's to come. 
Absolutely. Because, I mean, this is something we were talking about before um, that when you're looking at uh, the, the right people to, to fill the role for Irish women's, when we had such a great team back in 2013, like you think mm-hmm. that those involved would be the perfect ones to come in. And that's what's finally happened. Uh, Nee Briggs is perfect. You've got Greg Williams and you got Tanya Rosser taking over at Leinster and mm-hmm. um, all that's going on and all that, all that. I mean, just the, just the, the players playing for those people who, who were there for that team. I mean, that's an inspiration in itself and that's what you want to see. So, mm-hmm. and, but that's the past. They fixed that. And like you say, there are positives um, coming forward and there's no rush, uh, immediate rush to get it done because that could, that could itself uh, hurt, hurt the team, mm-hmm. the team itself. Okay, well, listen, uh, speaking of the team itself, why don't we move ahead to uh, what's coming up now? Um, next uh, next weekend, we see the start of the um, the Women's Six Nations. They moved it to a different part of the calendar, which I thought was a brilliant move. I always <laughs> thought it was difficult to, um, to to generate interest when there was three matches. The, the IRFU once uh, commissioned me to, do, to go to all three matches in one weekend. I think we're playing Italy it was a few years ago. So I went to the under-20s on the Friday, the senior team on the Saturday, and the women's team on the Sunday, and they wanted me to write about the experience of the three matches. And, I, and the, the, the biggest thing I got out of that was nobody would do this. Mm-hmm. Most people wouldn't do it. I mean, I'm doing it for the experience, but I was given the tickets, you know. It was a, it, 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 when they're all on the same weekend, as much as people would love to go to them, people have lives. People, have, people can normally just fit in one day out at a big rugby match at a weekend, uh, and and that's more than enough. Like, and if everyone did it, it would be great for the game. But when you've so many matches, so now they've moved it, and it's just after the men's, so it's extensive. It kind of doubles the period that the Six Nations takes. No complaints there. Um, the uh, next week, um, next weekend, Ireland kick off their campaign at home to Wales. Um, they announced this week that Nicola Friday is taken over as the captain. So, why don't you tell us a bit about the squad and how they plan to go into the tournament? Um, well, we saw the squad announced was it last week, and it's definitely a, a kind of a much changed squad. There were some omissions of kind of familiar faces. Um, there's a lot of chat around why certain players were were omitted, um, and I would have my questions around some of them as well. But there's a lot of new faces coming in as well. Um, you know, a lot of them would be new faces to anybody who just follows the international side. But a lot of these would be um, experienced players who have played in the AIL for quite a while and who have been, I suppose, playing a, bl- a brand of rugby that um, appeals to McWilliams. Um, from what I can gather from my sources is he seems to like a game that's quite fast paced, um, that, you know, there's a lot of ball on the pitch um, and in play for a, you know a lengthy period. Um, he's looking for some serious athletes. Um, and I think he's trying to build a squad around a particular philosophy of rugby. Um, so I think I would kind of reserve my judgment in terms of why certain people were omitted. Um, we can all speculate. I am one for speculating myself, but again, I'm turning a new leaf. <laughs> I'm trying to be positive here. And, you know, it's, I think the philosophy of rugby he has um, is going to really impress us. I think we're going to see a lot of change and, you know, change is my buzzword right now. And I think that's, you know, obviously we need to change. We've hit rock rock bottom. Uh, A lot needs to change going forward. And I think we're definitely going to see that in terms of the style of play and in terms of the faces we see on the pitch. Um, 
I think there's a lot of players um, that we have to look forward to seeing. I'm really excited to see a number of them. Um, my my main excitement has to be Chloe Pierce. Um, anybody who watched the Interpros um, saw Chloe Pierce play for for Munster. Um, she is a prop who plays by her own rules. She, yeah, she's in the scrum at the set piece. There she is, uh, you know, at the loose head. Uh, as soon as that scrum ends, she's gone, and she's doing her own thing. And she hits the wing, or she hits the line in the middle of the pitch, and she is blisteringly fast, has a step, has a bit of a handoff, is creative, looks for space, um, can carve open the tightest of defences. Um, so that's somebody I'm really looking forward to see, uh, seeing her get her first cap. I'm hoping she will during this campaign. Um, we have a number of other exciting players. Uh, Hannah O'Connor, who's got a few caps already, but who has been playing some amazing rugby for Black Rock. Really looking forward to seeing her. She's had a fabulous uh, season so far. Um, she's doing really great work in terms of just doing the kind of hard graft. Um, she's that type of player who is involved in a lot of rucks, does a lot of kind of carrying of the ball, a lot of um, work in defence. She'd be working very, very hard. So I'm really looking forward to seeing her. Um, again, from Black Rock, Michelle Claffey. We've seen her before uh, in an international shirt. It's been quite a few years since we've seen her in green, but she's coming back in again off the back of a fabulous season with Black Rock. She's been captaining them. Um, she plays at outside centre and she's absolutely fabulous. Really kind of a cool head at 13, which is what you want. You know, you're, I suppose you're Gary Ringrose style player who's really, really solid in defence, who can read a game quite well, but who can also turn a uh, quick ball into attack. And um, her ball distribution is very good. You know, I think, I think if we see her at 13 quite regularly, I think our wingers would be glad of that. I think we're going to get the ball out wide a lot more than we have. And who doesn't want to get the ball to Fabian Parsons? <laughs> we're, we're going to see, hopefully, that ball get out wide to her and her just tear up the pitch, um, which I'm really looking forward to seeing. Um, in terms of, I think, the what I think is the philosophy of play that Greg Williams is, is going to bring in, I have my suspicions that we might see the likes of Aoife Doyle, for example, who plays at Railway, a uh, young, fast winger, uh, again, could step you six times in a second and you won't know which way you're facing, um, and Nicole Cronin as well. Nicole Cronin has been playing some great rugby since the Interpros and right the way through the season. She is somebody who played in the 2017 World Cup in Ireland. Um, really, really quick player, really uh, hungry for ball, hungry to, to be on the front foot. But she's moved from scrum half to out half. And I would be somebody who would kind of go, oh, yeah, but would she be good out half? She is... I think one of the best out halves in the country by a country mile. Um, she's somebody who can really read the game, who sees from their space in, in behind, who can put somebody into a hole that you wouldn't think exists until they've, they've been put through it. Um, she's really, really good. Um, I think her head is permanently on swivel, so she sees that space all the time. Um, so I'm hoping um, we'll see her. I think that might come with a lot of criticism because we've seen a lot of tens over the past three, four years. Um, I think we've experimented with a lot of them. I think the best one we've had over the last while has been Hannah Tyrrell, who unfortunately has since retired, which broke my heart. 
Um, and then seeing the likes of Stacey Flood. Stacey Flood is doing some great stuff. She's very creative. Uh, she seems to have no lack of confidence. But I don't know if we're going to see her at the end of the campaign because the Sevens, it's a World Cup year for the Sevens. She might not get that position, um, you know, for the sake of consistency. Um, so I'm hoping to see Nicole Cronin. I think I'd dance a little jig if I see her on a team sheet. Um, but apart from that, yeah, I think we're going to see a much changed side. We're not going to see the same names and the same jerseys. Um, and I look forward to seeing what they do with that. Definitely seems like a lot there. Yeah, I noticed, um, like what you said about uh, Chloe Pierce, for example, coming in at loose head prop. I mean, like massive shoes to fill in mm-hmm. Lindsay Pace. But the thing is that this is something that, you know, you um, we've seen in the men's game. We were saying, oh, how are we going to replace Rob Carney? And then there's Hugo Keenan. How are you exactly. going to replace uh, this person? Someone comes along. And um, and this is another classic example. It's all about having the systems in place to bring these players forward. And she, like you say, she had a good Interpro series. She's mm-hmm. ready to come into the side. And she's got that attitude where she can just step into the side. And 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 the team can become a new evolution, which is kind of which is kind of what the Ireland setup needs. And they have a whole new coaching setup, whole new coaching philosophy. And it's really exciting going into this competition, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, yeah. Um, so Ireland's now we're, we're going into six nations and I suppose the biggest mistake people can make is, you know, looking at this and comparing, well, the men did this, the women do that. That's not mm-hmm. how it works. It's a different sport, different setups um, in, in, the, in the in the women's. Um, you, well, you've got this, you've got the different separate part of the calendar, but you've also got this new branding. It's a separate thing. It's the TikTok Women's Six Nations dedicated. Mm-hmm. It's got its own look. It's got its own, um, you know, branding and everything. But um, in, in the women's game, as we all know, in the Six Nations, you've got England and France. They have more professional um, setups there. So the chances are they'll probably be vying for the top two positions. But still, when you look at Ireland's campaign, um, there's still a lot to play for. There's a new, there's a new women's competition, world women's competition starting is next year 2023 this mm-hmm. wxv and which means that the top three in the six nations will be looking to qualify for that and playing in a big tournament once a year um against the likes of new zealand as well and other teams from around the world um so there is there, there is something to play for for ireland for big time even you know just finishing in the top half of the table mm-hmm. has something going with it so it's really uh, worthwhile getting behind the team how, how do you see the competition going as itself as an actual tournament itself um i think the tournament I'm hoping it's going to get a lot more competitive than it has been in the past few years. You know, we've seen England run riot. We've seen France kind of pushing them on a little bit. Um, But, you know, it's been very much England and France dominated and the rest of us just kind of play play around. Um, Ireland have kind of been up there, but just not quite, you know, at the standard that we can really challenge. Um, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Um, I think there's, there's too wide a gap there for that to change you know, at any pace. But what I'm hoping for is that that gap will narrow. And I think it's going to take a few seasons for that to narrow. I think it's going to take a lot of investment and for those recommendations to be implemented, for example, for that gap to narrow. I think it, it's a work in progress. Um, we've seen England be, you know, they've been professional for several years now and France has been semi-professional for years now and they have serious club structures there too. Um, we still have to work on that. Um, but I think I think third place is realistic. That is absolutely the goal is to get third place. Um, I think we will be 
it, it'll be a hard fight. I mean, we're coming off the back of, yes, a successful November campaign. But before that, we had, you know, we literally hit rock bottom. Um, we lost to Scotland um, in, the, in the dying minutes and we didn't qualify for a World Cup for the first time in our history. And it's, you know, it's, it's a long uh, slog to come back from there and to change the mindset of the team and to buy into... As I've spoken about, you know, McWilliams' philosophy, I think we have to give time for those changes to bed in. But at the same time, we can really be optimistic and aim for that third place. Um, We're going to play Wales on Saturday. Like you said, Wales have issued a number of professional contracts. Um, So they're going to start to take it more seriously. They're very much aiming for that third spot. Um, Italy aren't a team that you can write off at all. Um, Italy are a very, very good side. They have some of the most exciting players out there. Um, for example, uh, Rigoni, who I absolutely love as a back row player. She is somebody who is, uh, you know, you'd be very uncomfortable playing against her. You won't know what she's going to do or how she's going to do it. And then she's going to smack you very hard. Um, so, you know, Italy aren't somebody to be written off. And anybody who's a fan of the the men's game and is coming into the women's game, you know, not, not quite understanding it or just getting to know the team's, it, it doesn't follow the same kind of successes and failures that the men's does. There would never be any talk of trying to get rid of Italy out of the Six Nations. They are fabulous um, and they really have a lot to give um, and they're going up and up and up. So I think, you know, that's going to be a huge challenge. There's going to be three teams really pushing for that third spot and we can't ride off Scotland. Mm. We rode off Scotland, you know, last year, you know, towards the autumn of last year in the World Cup qualifiers. And we thought, oh, you know, okay, yeah, we can just beat them and we'll, we'll qualify for the World Cup. And we didn't. You know, they have some fantastic players out there. Um, you know, Malcolm, their captain, uh, Jade Conkle, you know, serious back row there. They have some quite young um, centres and wingers who are very, very fit players um, and who can play ball. So, yeah, we're really talking about probably England, France, and then an absolute battle for that third place. So, you know, huge challenge. I wouldn't be bitterly disappointed if we didn't make third place this time round. Like I said, there's huge change coming, but at the same time, you know, the romantic in me goes, God, I really want that third spot. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's really set it up uh, set it up well. I mean, it's it, 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 I suppose it's important to, although we've got this new window in the calendar for the for the competition, um, where it's not competing with the, with the men's Six Nations for 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 attention, but you mm-hmm. also have to set you know. So you want people to be come in and say, look, this is this is a good this is a good good rugby to to, to follow. This is something to get interested in. It's mm-hmm. also something that'll hopefully get people interested in the provincial rugby and the club rugby as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good time to get the eyeballs on. But you also have to set the expectations, mm-hmm. like you said, um, that. For you know, for one thing, pointing out to, to fans that third place would be a big achievement for Ireland, and the, mm-hmm. and that there's like you say, all the other all the other three uh, countries are, are are vying for that spot as well. And then in the meantime, you have like you said, we hit rock bottom at the World Cup, and then there's going to be more constant reminders of that. You had Scotland beating Colombia a couple of weeks ago, which is a reminder that that they qualified. Then you'll have the World Cup itself. 
actually happening and we'll have reminders there as well. So it's important to, to, to set the levels, but like you say, it's a, it's a gradual process. They're going to fill the, um, fill the positions at the top and work towards, they, they do have plenty of time to work towards the next world cup. And that does seem to be what they're doing. But uh, mm-hmm. for now we've got seven weeks, we've got a new coach, we've got a new captain, a new team, new players coming in. I mean, it's, it, it, it really is an exciting time. What, what would you say to fans who, who are looking to ways of getting behind the team and well, you know, what do they do over the next few weeks just to get involved? Um, to get involved, I suppose, um, really get interested in the players. Um, we don't see the players to the same level that we see the men's. You know, we see the the men's teams week in, week out in the URC. We really get to know them. We really get to understand, you know, who's who's the best in each position. There's a lot of new faces and new players coming into this side. Um, some of them I have very little knowledge of myself. I can't wait to just learn a lot about these players um, from the likes of, you know, anybody who is currently involved in the AIL. I want, I want to hear their voices, you know, what to look out for, who to look out for, who's really strong in kind of different elements of the game. Um, so get interested, get online, get listening to podcasts like the, the likes of your, your own and any others that are discussing the women's game. Um, I, I think one thing I've always described rugby as is being, you know, it's not a sport, and it's an obsession. Um, it has been for me since I discovered rugby when I started college that it's just been an obsession for me. And I think as soon as we start to get to know the women's team and get to know this new setup and these new faces, I think it'll just become obsessional for fans. And I really hope that, that the fans kind of get involved and get to know. Um, and I see, I've seen that a lot over the last few years. I mean, I've been a fan of the women's game for years. You know, I trudged through the muck in Ashburn um, and across frozen fields and all sorts, you know, back in the day, back in 2012, 2013. Um, and, it, you know, what I saw back then was a really negative view towards women's rugby and a lot of trolls online saying terrible things and a lot of people questioning whether women should even play rugby that has completely and I you know we explored this in a chat we had before that that's completely turned on its head now and what I see online and I absolutely relish is people just chatting about the rugby and chatting about what happened at the weekend um, saying, oh, such and such a player is great. Oh, I'd love to see Stacey Flood do a few more crossfield kicks. And I'd love Sharing to see... Sharing gifts and all that kind of stuff as well, yeah. It's it's so exciting. It's so thrilling. It's something, you know, I've seen in the men's game and have enjoyed in the men's game for years, but it's been sorely lacking in the women's game. And I think anybody who is a content creator, I think you have so much to add. The likes of yourself, Jeff, you have so much to add to this competition and to the buzz and the hype going forward. So, you know, if you are a fan, look out for it and, you know, engage with it as much as possible and enjoy it because I know I certainly will. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, I mean, I'd, I'd love to be able to give, uh, give more time to the women, to women's game. I'm just, I'm just running this site myself and um, it's just, you know, it's uh I, I, I have a set way I, I run the week, so I, I, I try to cover it as, as, as much as I can. But I do understand you will be doing a podcast with uh, the second row yes. um, over the next few weeks. So make sure everyone tunes into that. Um, Parek has been on, on, on the show as well uh, many times and uh, to talk about Connor Rugby, but he's doing a great, a great, you know, this is the extra kind of coverage I think people can maybe uh, get, you know, get into and be sure to subscribe to that and follow throughout the tournament. And I was hoping to have you on again as well, maybe after the tournament, just to 
to maybe go over, go, go, go over how it went and see, see, see how we're set going forward. So, um, so, so there's a lot to look forward to. Um, I'm going to wrap it, wrap it up there. Thanks a million for coming on. Um, Really looking forward to this, these next few weeks. Uh, I suppose a lot, uh, one more thing I was going to say is that you're talking about how we're going to promote this. There's a lot of emphasis on the broadcasters. Um, that that they can do a lot to promote the game. I think mm-hmm. it's R- RTE is doing um, is do, is doing the the the, the Irish uh, Six Nations, is it? I believe so. Yes. RTE, yeah. yeah. So um, you know, the, the the they get the right punters, pundits in. They get the right, give it the right amount of coverage, talk before and after the game, and enough dedicated coverage and stuff that that, that can really help to spread the game. Well, Absolutely. Listen, thanks a million for coming on, and um, enjoy the tournament, and we hope to have you on again soon. That's great, Jeff. Thanks for having me. As always. No problem. Thank you. Take care. Many thanks again to Ad Irish Women's for the chat, and best of luck to Greg, Neve, Nicola, and all the squad over the coming weeks. Next here on HarpenandRugby.net, we'll be looking at the boys in blue who travelled to Galway at the weekend. Stay tuned for all our regular features, including team announcement, previews, and of course the match write-up on Monday. In the meantime, stay safe everyone. Slot.